an excerpt from R.A. Salvatore's Siege of Darkness, using BattleBard's premium audio. Drist parried and struck. Then, using the cover of the Darkness Globe, quick step to the side. Too quickly for the Dark Elf coming in at his back to realize the shift. She bored in and struck hard, hitting the same draw that Drist had just wounded, finishing her. Hearing the movement, Driss came right back, both his blades whirling. To the female's credit, she registered the countering move in time to parry the first attack, the second and the third, even the fourth. But Driss did not relent. He knew his fury was a dangerous thing. There remained one more enemy in the Darkness Globe, and for Driss to press against a single opponent so forcefully left him vulnerable to the other. But the ranger knew, too, that his friends sorely needed him that every moment he spent engaged to these warriors gave the powerful priestesses time to destroy them all. The ranger's fifth attack, a wide arcing left, was cleanly picked off, as was the sixth, a straightforward right thrust. Drist, pressed hard, would not relinquish the offensive. He knew, and the female knew, that her only hope would be her lone remaining ally. A stifled scream, followed by the growl of a panther, ended that hope. <coughs> Drist's fury increased, and the female continued to fall back, stumbling now in the darkness, suddenly afraid. And in that moment of fear, she banged her head hard against a low stalactite, an obstacle her keen drow senses should have detected. She shook off the blow and managed to straighten her posture, throwing one sword out in front to block another of the ranger's furious thrust. She missed. Driss didn't, and Twinkle split the fine drow armor and drove deep into the female's lung. Driss yanked the blade free and spun about. His darkness globe went away abruptly, dispelled by the magic of the awaiting Tanar. As with this fine excerpt from this wonderful book, you too can use Battle Bards for your game to take it to the next level. Go to mfgcast.com right now. Look at the top right of the page where the Battle Bards icon is listed. Get your codes. Click on the icon. Sign up for an account to battlebards.com. Get the amazing quality of Battle Bards Fantasy Premium Audio at a phenomenal price and take your game to the next level. This is the MFG cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. And Mike. And we've got another Kickstarter spotlight for you. The game that we're talking about today is going to be Starving Artist by Fairway 3 Games. This game is basically you're just trying to not die and do aught. It's basically the premise of it. Yes. <laughs> Without going into too much detail, which we will as far as the mechanics of the game go. But basically what you're trying to do is you're just trying to get enough paints 
paint your paintings while in the meantime trying not to starve and die. Um, so how does this work? Basically what it is is you, at the beginning, you give people a reference card. Um, it's called a artist studio. Okay, so it's got your references for the things that you can do during a turn. You get two turns per round and it's also got the colors for you for a color scheme for if you can't figure out the colors it kind of has a little bit of a display to show you that and it's also on the right of it it's got your basically your one through five your nutrition level to not die because once you go below one you will die to set up the game you just give the youngest person the carrot and the carrot is first player it's got a one and two on the artist studio like i was talking about your little player reference card and then each player gets a yellow marker which is kind of like a little see-through plastic marker it's that, a tiddlywink yeah it's a tiddlywink for those people who know what tiddlywinks are if you don't look it up um, and then you place the marker on the highest nutrition level which is five it goes one two three four five put all the paints in the bag um, we have a nice felt red bag and uh, starting with the first player each player draws six paints from the bag you shuffle the canvases and place them face down in the middle of the table. You turn over one canvas for each player and place them in a line. Um, in a two-player game, you do two. Three players, three. Four players, four. Okay. That is called the central market. As you buy them, the canvases are shifted to the right and a new one is turned over and placed nearest to the deck. Okay. And as far as what they cost, the one furthest from the deck cost one. Uh, the second furthest is two and so on. Okay, so in a four-player game, the fourth one would be worth four. That's nearest to the deck. Okay, to get started, you make a payday pile. First player adds one paint per player from the bag to the payday pile. That's how much the market uh, will pay for paintings. You'll add to the payday pile while buying canvases and take it when you're selling your completed paintings. Okay, and then you also have your nutrition level. So every, uh, at the start of every day, except the first, you lower your nutrition level by one. If your nutrition goes lower than one, you basically starve or die, which is kind of sad. Because, <laughs> I don't know, is there that many, do you know any painters in real life that actually starve to death? I don't know about starve to death, like, they could have made it losing your sanity. There was an awful lot of that. There you go. You could, you <laughs> like be cutting like, off your ear. Yeah, I was going to say, you could be like a Picasso and cut off your ear. Don't do not do that, people. That's not a good idea. Wasn't it Van Gogh that cut off his ear? Hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Gotta leave that in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, hey, everybody knows my stupidity. I don't, I don't try to hide it at all. Okay, so your player actions. You get two actions per round, okay? One thing you can do is you can paint, which you can add up to four paints to any number of canvases. Uh, work, you can draw three paints from the bag, or you can buy a canvas, which we talked about, one, two, three, or four, depending upon how many players, okay? There are five colors. Whoa, no, there's six. I lied. No, there's seven. There's seven. I lied even more. <laughs> what colors are there? There's red, there's orange, there's yellow, there's green, there's blue, there's purple, there's black. Okay. There's no indigo. There is no indigo. Thank goodness. Actually, the isn't the purple indigo? Violet. Violet? Roy G. Biff. Roy like G. Biff. There you go. I don't know. It doesn't say to me. I don't it doesn't say. I don't know. Nobody paints with indigo. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. This is really good. So I'm going to call it purple anyway. I don't care. <laughs> Sue me. 
Sue me, people. Yeah, so each round you can do that. Each painting has anywhere from, I think, I want to say like three to seven-ish. Yeah, so depending upon the painting, you will score points for that painting. And each color, or each painting has colors on it. Some kind of have halvesies on it, so you can go either way. Like one of the one I have right now is a Gauguin, and it's got a couple spaces where it's part, part uh, green and part yellow. So you can use those for either or, depending upon you know what you know what color paints you grab from the bag or what's in the payday pile. That kind of gives you some options. Okay, as a free action, every turn you can switch out two colors of the same kind for one color in the payday pile. So that kind of gives you a little bit of an advantage if you're looking for something that you don't have. There's a lot of strategy in this game, but there's also a lot of randomness as far as you know, what colors you take and what's available and who's going first. So depending upon who's first player, you know, they pretty much have the advantage, but then it always moves from the left on going clockwise each round. So gives everybody a chance to kind of make do with what they have. So hopefully it work out, but sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so, and then once you complete a painting, you actually go through the selling phase. So starting with the first player and proceeding clockwise, uh, the players will announce if they're selling one or more of the completed paintings. A completed painting is basically all the squares that are filled. And then what you do is once you sell your painting, the first thing you do is you feed yourself. So on the bottom right, it actually has a fork. And to the left of that fork tells you how much you get fed. So if it has a one, you get fed. You move the track up one on your little nutrition area, and then two and three. One thing that we didn't do that I didn't see when we when I read the instructions, and I'm kind of glad that we didn't do, is that it says that if you go, you can't go above the five nutrition, of course, because there's only five. Yeah. But for every one that you could go over the five, it says to add like I think like three or four um, more paints to your supply. Oh. And I was like, huh. that seems like a really, I don't know, if, if you're the only one that's painting, it seems like a ridiculous, what am I thinking about, a, ri a ridiculous, like, almost like more of a head start than anything, because not only are you getting, not only are you getting the paints for, you're getting, getting some paints back when you complete your painting, but you're also getting those if you go above that. So that's kind of, I don't know. So I, I'm kind of glad we didn't play that because I think that would yeah. have been too much of an advantage, I think. It would make the game last a lot longer, too, yeah, I think. Yeah, for sure. And then depending upon, and then uh, what's ha what happens is on the bottom right also is you have a little paintbrush, and then it has a number, okay? And whoever has the highest number, the highest paint value, gets to collect the most paints from the payday file. So number one takes four paints, number two takes two paints, and everyone else takes one. That it continues until the payday pile is exhausted or you take your value in paint. And then once you're done completing that painting, on the, top, on the upper right, it has a star with a number that tells you um, the victory points that you have. You put it under your artist studio, and then you keep track of that. And then the, uh, the end of the game depends upon if the first player is eliminated, if they starve, or if, depending upon how many players, it depends upon how many star points you have and how many paintings. For example, it's for two players, it's 20 star points and 11 paintings. Three players, it's 18 stars or or 10 paintings and then for four players it's 15 stars or eight paintings so basically what happens if you don't reach that the first person that starves their game is over and then each other player gets one more round to do their paintings and then the game is over and then you tally up your points and you see who wins so it's really quick 
It's a two to four player game. It's 12 plus years old. It only lasts about 30 minutes to an hour, depending upon how fast or slow you played it. I think we played it pretty fast, even mm-hmm. with even me and you and my wife played it, and I, you know, it seemed to go pretty fast. Yep. So quick and easy game. Mike, what did you think about it? I like that it's a very different premise. Like you don't really have games about art, at least that I've ever played. So it's cool. Like if you have art nerd friends, because everything. Kurt didn't really go into it, but like every card, every painting is different, and it's a real painting. So, I mean, you kind of learn, you know, a bit. You you know, see all these different paintings by different real artists. There's Van Gogh, and, you know, I just saw that you had, I think, Starry Night. There was only, I think, three or four actual paintings in the whole deck that I had seen before. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting just to see throughout time different things, so learning that way but it's fun it's it's really really easy to learn i think that that 12 and up on it seems a little high yeah i mean i could see a pretty small kid grasping because it's just kind of matching colors yeah yeah i think my son could probably do it yeah and he's only he's almost six yeah i i don't think 12 is the right limit on it i guess but yeah I don't think there's any paintings in there that have anything like nakedness on them, you know, <laughs> like some of the old paintings do. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fun game. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, when I first saw the pictures of it, because we, uh, we follow Fairway 3 games on Twitter, I was really enamored by it because, like Mike said, I, I don't know too many, many games about painting and art and stuff like that. Um, they just came out with a new game last year, The, Galler- the Gallerist. I can never say that right, and and that looks like fun, and that's kind of got an art-based theme to it. But there, you know, to me, that doesn't it just doesn't seem like there's enough of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the art on the cards, like granted, it's it's these artist renderings and stuff like that, but just the way the printing is on the cards is is it really just caught me, you know, and and uh, just everything about the setup of it, um, the the shiny cubes that you put on for your paints and stuff like that. Um, it's just I don't know I just I'm just more really uh, more excited about this game than I thought I would be, you know. Yes. Um, plays easy. I mean, it really. I mean, it's it's funny when you have these small games that take a that only take a little bit, and you just you think, okay, well, obviously it's going to be something I'll just breeze through and whatever. But depending upon the people that you're playing with, I mean. You really have to think about it because it's got a lot more strategy to it than mm-hmm. I thought it was coming into. That thought it would have coming into it. So it's cool to see how how much of a strategy it actually has for something that's just a you know a small game about basically painting. You know, and I like the way that they do some of the paintings where you they put kind of the the where you could put your cube in the or cube on the on the painting or whatever where it's kind of halvesies. So you have to kind of make those choices. Um, I'm sure it makes it a little bit more easier, but it also kind of is like, okay, so what do you think is going to come up next? You know, I don't, I didn't do any like cube counting or anything like that, you know, mm-hmm. but it was cool to just kind of see if I could, you know, buck the system and, you know, try to make it something that, you know, maybe I could, you know, do better on. Um, I did surprisingly well at this game, even though I don't really know if I have that much of a strategy for it, to tell you the truth. Um, I just kind of, you know, did what I could, and, and it kind of worked out for the most part. But, yeah, I don't know. I just really like the game, and I like the theme. Um, it's quick and easy. I mean, like I said, it's just 
there's just a lot about it to to like and so i don't know just, yeah there's a lot of strategy involved like you only have the two turns around mm-hmm. and it's like do i go when i grab a couple of cubes now because i see them on the table you know or do i wait because i want to get something else done you know it's mm-hmm. like if i leave them sitting there is somebody else going to grab them before i get back to them so i mean there's just it's a lot of thinking and a lot of trying to figure out what everybody else is going to do too mm-hmm. which is fun yeah yeah so. and there's that random element again of you know what's going to show up you know mm-hmm. because a lot of yeah, there's been a couple of games where it's like holy shit we just couldn't get like a blue to save our lives you know and yeah. stuff like that so it's like when you finally get like that one blue that's sitting out there and you need three of them you're like oh crap do i trade in these other two colors that i really need or may need for the next painting or you know yeah. do you do you take that chance and waste those two for that one and then you're out you know you're you're shit out of luck you know mm-hmm. so so yeah i really liked it so i just wanted to talk really quick about the kickstarter tiers as far as what it ha- what's going on with it once it comes out on april 19th which we'll probably have that pretty pretty succinct with that so it'll probably be we'll probably have this released on monday and the kickstarter will start on tuesday so they basically have the one dollar support it's basically just putting your hat in the rings you know just getting it out there and know giving them a little bit to help the process $29 gets you the game plus all the stretch goals and then the $49 from mirror tier gets you the game stretch goals and a game mat which is beautiful it's very beautiful the the play mat is a rollable mat it's 14 by 24 and it's a $20 mat but it's beautiful it's got the um, the uh, painting the art of painting by Johannes Vermeer and uh yeah it's beautiful it's got a place for the canvases and the paintings and then it's got a nice little spot for the um payday pile so it's a nice little nice little thing so it's a little little, nice little add-on to really bring out the art in starving artist so yeah it's wonderful we definitely enjoyed it so mike we're gonna have to give this a rating so we have the patented unpatented d8 system where one is crap and eight is great what would you give starving artist i think i give it a six because it's original fun to play easy to learn a lot of strategy just not like a top top tier game you know where i would give it something higher than that but it definitely a six like it would definitely be on our list to throw in at the end of the night type of game mm-hmm. you know so i don't know and it's it's like I said, I mean, easy to learn, easy to play, and so therefore easy to get some of your less gamer friends to maybe try out, mm-hmm. you know, a little sure. more family-ish, you know, and so that's always nice to have that. So Yeah, for sure. I like this I like this more than I thought I would, like I said. So I would actually give it a 7. It's, it's weird to say that because I don't... It seems like lately we don't give a lot of sevens and eights out, but every time we've played it, I've really enjoyed it. It's one of those, like you said, just throwing it in at the end of the night or even at the beginning of the night if we just want to kind of get our brains going, you know? I would love that. I love art and I love paintings. I don't have enough of that at my house. I wish I had more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of what this game brings out. It brings out more of like, I need better things, <laughs> you know? So, like I said, the strategy of it and just the way to play it is is always been fun, so I... I don't know. I just really like it, so I give it a seven. This game makes you want to drink wine and listen to NPR while you're playing it. <laughs> no, it does not make me want to do that. Maybe the wine part, but not the NPR part. Gross. Oh, the, 
Hello, today we're talking about fancy things. <laughs> As you fall asleep. Oh, awesome. So yeah, April 19th, go out. Go f- help fund Starving Artist. I, I know for a fact it's probably going to fund pretty quickly because there's a lot of excitement on Twitter from a lot of people I know. So get your hands on it. Let's help Fairway 3 Games out because they're a great company and we're excited to see this game when it comes out. So there you go. Yep, Here. it's a fun game. Good price. Yes, very good price, actually. Yep. Yeah, especially for what you get. So so yeah, so go out there, help fund it. And this has been another Kickstarter Spotlight with Kurt and Mike from the MFG cast. Good night. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.